Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. This week is the week of the Texas Rally for Life. You probably saw some footage last week from D.C., you know, if the media actually covered it, with kids playing in the snow and just a winter wonderland uh, at our nation's capital for the National March for Life. Uh, so the one in Texas usually is not on the same weekend to accommodate the fact that a lot of people from Texas do go to that event, including my son who was there. My oldest son, Johnny, was up there. Uh, but we're going to talk about the Texas Rally for Life, which is tomorrow. You're watching this on Friday from 1 to 3 at the state capitol. Go to our website, txvalues.org. Check out social media to find out all the details. Love to have you there. But we're going to have a great guest today on this issue. You know, January sort of just become the month of the life issue you know, we're probably going to move away from that slightly to some extent, or it's not going to be just about January because we know Roe versus, Wade, Roe versus Wade, which was decided in January, was actually overturned a year or so ago in June. So we're going to have some significance probably as we move forward on the month of June. But we're going to cover that, some other issues. There's a special election going on right now. Hey, listen, if you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith family, and freedom in the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. This is a show that we do on Facebook and radio once a week, but it's also on podcasts, iTunes, SoundCloud, a lot of different formats out there. You can click the podcast link on our website, txvalues.org, to see where you can find us. So that means anywhere you are, at any time, I don't know, three in the morning, who knows what your schedule's like, you're on the other side of the world, and you're like, I want to know what Texas Values talked about this week. You can certainly do that. We've been doing this now for five years. I think we've been running almost five or six years. So three to 400 episodes, a lot of great guests that we've had. And today is no different. Melissa Oden is going to be our guest today on the Texas Values Report. She is the founder and director of the Abortion Survivors Network. It is a healing and advocacy organization for abortion survivors. She's an abortion survivor herself. It's hard to say that too, when you say, because you're like, wow, wait a minute. What does that mean? Hold on a second. An abortion and you survived it. it. It's and I don't think a lot of people don't even think people like that exist. Uh, she found out she was an abortion survivor at 14. Many years later, got involved in this effort and has been doing a great job for quite some time. Melissa, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Always good to be with y'all. You bet. Well, uh, look, we were getting comfortable with each other. We, you and I, have interacted over the years. So just encouraged. And glad for the courageous work that you continue to do. I saw you not too long ago at an event here in Texas, and I saw your appearance briefly on EWTN. We were covering, we were live streaming their live stream, and so I saw when you came on. Uh, but, you know, you're no stranger to this movement, if you will, someone who's been really central to the messaging in the movement. And and so I'm, I'm glad to have this conversation with you today. Uh, has it been a busy month for you? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, January is both the longest and shortest month of the year, right? In the pro-life <laughs> movement. <right>. So, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, even when you were talking about, right, the 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 history of January and then, you know, June in terms of what happens next, I think, you know, that's what we're learning in the movement is we still need to mourn and, you know, remember what happened that fateful day in 1973 in January. And then also at the same time, right, use June to celebrate the win for life. So here we are. Well, and I appreciate you accommodating us today. We had some technology issues. I know you're traveling. And so usually <laughs> we would have you on a live video, but rest assured, and I'm looking at your headshot there, you know, this beautiful 
uh, imagery that you put together in a headshot will be shown to our audience. <laughs> and, um, you know, while you're traveling. And, and so thank you for accommodating us. Uh, and it's good for people to see that, though, by the way. Right. I want people to recognize who the face is and the personalities. And sometimes that really helps put a name with a face. But I'm glad that we can have this conversation. I know your story. Some people do. A lot of people probably do. But maybe some don't. Maybe some people that are watching today and listening are new to the life movement. Maybe they got more involved after Roe versus Wade was overturned. And they're like, whoa, I should be paying attention to this issue. So tell us a little bit of background about you and your story and why it's significant to the movement. Yeah, most people come into the movement, right? because of either beliefs or experience, right? And usually it's these two things combined. And that's how I came to be in the movement because I am a baby who survived an abortion. You know, I can age myself pretty quickly. I survived an abortion four years after Roe. So it was 1977 when my birth mother was forced to have a saline infusion abortion that poisoned and scalded me over a five-day period. I know now through my medical records uh, you know, I soaked in this toxic salt solution for five days, should have had my life successfully ended by it on the fifth day of the abortion procedure. Instead of being delivered as a quote unquote successful abortion, I was accidentally born alive. And wow. I think that's shocking for most people, um, even in the pro-life movement. Jonathan, I you know meet so many people who go, what? I had no idea that babies actually survive abortions. And how would we? I mean, how would we know it when we look at mainstream media? How would you know it by what when you look at the messaging of the abortion industry and their lobby? And so it's really been, you know, my life's mission to not only use my voice, but to find other people like me, heal them, empower them, equip them give them space to share their story, and then ultimately share that with the world to say, no, you know what? Babies survive abortions. That tells us something about the humanity of every preborn baby. And at the same time, you know, bring healing to people who are so impacted by this. Now, look, I mean, and personal stories can be, they can be so important, right? They, you know, they connect people to your point. Oh, that surely doesn't happen. Or I never heard mm -hmm. of anyone that exists like that. Not to mention how difficult I can imagine it is to talk about such a personal issue. You know, it, um, you survived death, right? I mean, you know, you were intent; they were intending to end your life, and and you survived that. And so, I, you know, for a lot of people, that's too much to talk about. So that right. I mean, it's got to be right. part of the reason why people don't come forward. Shame. Who knows what's all mixed up into you know, these equations. And so I don't even think I knew about you until three, four, maybe years ago. And I've been in this work, you know, primarily <laughs> in Texas, but pretty right. publicly for close to 20 years. And you and I were talking about this one before we came on. One of the first court cases that I worked on was on behalf of abortion survivors for the partial abortion, abortion case that went up to the U.S. Supreme Court. There was a federal law on this. It was challenged and so on. So Gianna Jessen was one of my clients. And I was mentioning to you a young little boy, Zachary Kloppenstein. But I spent a good amount of time looking for people that had survived abortions, which seemed like, you know, un very unlikely. I don't remember coming across your name at that time. And, you know, I might not, there, was, there might not have been a lot of information. This was, you know, 15, 16 years ago. But mm -hmm. that's just more evidence of 
you know, how important it is that you are out there. And you had a book that came out a little while back. You carried me a daughter's memoir. Your second book is out the that, um, you know, I know is getting a lot of attention already that focuses on um, that survival network. Uh, you say, according to your website, there's been over 600 survivors that you've connected with from abortion. Tell us the name of the book and why it was important for you to put it together. Yeah, my second book just published by uh, Focus on the Family in Tyndale is Abortion Survivors Break Their Silence. And no, it's sort of like this dovetailed impact and purpose of that book. First of all, it's to you know, educate not just the pro-life movement, but our culture. And I would challenge any abortion supporters to pick up this book because so many people, right, like to come at us even in social media and go, oh, those abortion survivors, you know, they're just these Republican made, you know, machines to restrict women's rights to abortion. And I'm like, hey, have you listened to this story? And they're like, no, I don't have to. I know that it's just made up. No, for real. Just pick up the book. Okay. Pick up the book. Abortion survivors are real people with real stories and they deserve to be heard and seen for who they are. And so, right, it's very much about awareness, but it's also at the same time giving other people like me a voice for the first time in history. There has never been a book like this before, believe it or not, Jonathan, never before in the pro-life movement have we had a collection of abortion survivor stories wow. together to show the diversity of our experience, right? I mean, you guys know Claire Colwell really well. Claire's a yep. friend of mine. Claire's a I'm twin. I'm going to see her tomorrow. Right? We're going we're gonna to right. be interviewing her at the Capitol, Texas. Yes. So Claire is a twin whose oh. twin didn't survive a DNA, and she survived. I survived a failed abortion that should have taken my life as a single baby. There is such diversity in our experiences. And so that's also what we need to spread awareness of and give other people a voice, right? For so long, it was just like Gianna. And then it was Claire and I that entered into that narrative, right? Of trying to shift the narrative and give people like us a voice. And then I added in Josiah Presley, who was on TV with us many times, right? And I'd add a handful of people and no survivor should have to share their story, but they should, they should have the opportunity to have a voice. Well, look, I can't imagine what that's like. I haven't gone through that experience, but like other people, I've had, you know, traumas or, or heartbreaks or, you know, the things that have happened in my life that I could think of and and remember and, and still experience at times as traumatic, you know, and, and, and extremely difficult. And so I know what it's like with those situations and feeling like, you know, no one really knows my story. And, you know, you start talking about it and people don't understand it and they come at you <laughs> negatively, whatever the case may be. The value of having a network like this is incredible and so important, particularly as now we move forward, Roe versus Wade being overturned. But before we move forward, I want to step back for just a second. And, and you take us where you want to go. But talk to me about what it was like that at 14, you became aware that you were an abortion survivor. Yeah, this is the diversity of experience again. So, you know, I think even in the pro-life movement, people think they know what a survivor's experience is. And, and in reality, it's very complex and very unique. So I am also an adoptee like Claire, but we have actually found that most survivors are raised in their biological family. Wow. And that, I know, it, it tends to catch people off guard, but 
it proves what we know to be true, Jonathan, the baby was never the problem, right? It was the circumstances that that woman was going through that the family was facing. Now, I will preface that to say what I have found in our work is that because we've never really been able to identify these women going through this and the families and the survivors, you know, we've never met them in their need, right? We've never served them with psychological support, emotional, mental, spiritual, right? Long-term parenting and family support. And so there tend to be a lot of broken families because of what abortion does to them. And then the shock and the trauma of the abortion that didn't succeed and then the guilt and the shame that is compounded in that and right that 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 trauma builds upon trauma and so then we see patterns of abuse and neglect in families and as i told somebody else the other day a successful abortion is not the solution to that problem right when people go oh you know it only no 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 not the answer the answer is wow we need to see this for what it is and identify women going through this and families and survivors and serve them well. No, you're absolutely right. We're talking with Melissa Odin. She is an abortion survivor. She leads the Abortion Survivors Network. She's got an incredible book out right now. Just came out this year. I'm excited that you partner with Focus on the Family. Texas Values is the official family policy council that Focus on the Family works with for the state of Texas. It's a network of 40 state groups across the country, and they continue to do great work up there at Focus on the Family. We'll put a graphic up of the book. We're going to put a link in the show notes, and on Facebook, you'll see a link to the book. We encourage you to get it. Okay, this show and segment is about your story because it's absolutely incredible. I'll just tell you for a brief second, though, that I've had some personal touch with this issue, as you mentioned in the opening Um, with my own family, seeing my sister as a high school senior get pregnant and go through that experience. My nephew is, I don't know how old he is now, you know, 30 or whatever. Um, But, you know, my parents were married. We went to church and and it brought us, uh, you know, closer, but it put Mm -hmm. it to the test. And I tell you what, you are absolutely right that a lot of the brokenness that can can come from that um, when people aren't prepared or whatever the circumstances are, it's a lot to deal with. It can be really tough. And so, you know, having someone there in that moment, not 10 years later, and there's still value to that, but in that moment, what that's happening, that can be sensitive to that and can understand, hey, I know what you're going through. Let us help. I'm sure that's been yeah. a big game changer for these issues or could be. Yeah, most definitely. And that is, Right. That's what we are called to live out is, you know, not just in in word, right, that we're pro-life. It's about in action. And, you know, I, I find it rather absurd, if I'm being honest, that the pro-life movement is often accused of only caring about children and specifically children until they're born. Because when you look throughout the pro-life movement, right, we we are the folks who are loving women every opportunity we can and the children and for the long run. And so, yeah, I mean, for those that are turning out for your rally tomorrow, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for not just showing up tomorrow in defense of of life and for, you know, the humanity of women like my birth mother, but for showing up every single day in your families, in your schools, in your communities. That's right. I mean, that is what it's about. It is not a one-time, hey, give us a phone call, hope that works out. I mean, it is a walk daily for those people individually and the people in the pro-life movement, particularly at the pregnancy care centers and so many other ministries like yourself that are doing the work. They're walking with the women daily. The state of Texas has a program called Thriving Families that gives financial support 
for nonprofit entities that are involved in the Pregnancy Resource Network and so on. But it's not just when the baby's in the mother's womb or born. It's up to three years afterwards. We know how important it could be to have that long-term support. Uh, you were at the National March for Life last week. I mentioned my oldest son was there, Johnny. I've been there several times. Uh, like I said, it was like a winter wonderland. <laughs> and uh, Tell us what it was about because it's changed a little bit. Roe Way is overturned, but there's still work to do. There is work to do. And that is, <clears throat> as you can imagine, Jonathan, for somebody like me, whenever I've gone to the National March, it has been, it's complicated, right? Yes, for me, I because- bet. I recognize every single day what a gift my life is, and I am forever grateful that my life was spared. And I'm grateful, just like everyone else is, that we can show up and march. But it is always a time of mourning for me uh, over knowing how many children have not been as fortunate as me. And so it is this time of really remembrance and mourning. And yet at the same time, we have this juxtaposition, I think, as a movement of also coming together in a place of joy to say, you know, in the face of this incredible suffering and injustice, we still choose to be the face of love and joy. And we come together in a place of joy going forward to work together. And really, that's what I, I've i loved seeing after the, the overturning of Roe is understanding the need to still have the national presence and understand yes. we are not done yet. We are not done yet. But then at the same time, help make that move to the states to say, okay, we also need to gather just like you've done so well in Texas for a lo so long um, and, and have a presence there and take action there. So it's this great balance. No, you're absolutely right. We're talking with Melissa Odin. She is an abortion survivor. She runs the Abortion Survivors Network. She's got a great book that's out. She's been involved in the movement for quite a long time, is a wonderful speaker. And she was one of the speakers at the Texas Rally for Life um, here recently, a few years ago. That event is on Saturday, uh, January 27th from 1 to 3 at the Texas Capitol. Free event. Come out. It's going to be wonderful. And then across the street from the Capitol, our office, we're having a reception right after the rally wraps up. We invite people to come by and say hello. But, you know, Melissa, if you're there at the March for Life, and you were, I've been there several times, you realize this is a movement that is coming from the ground up to kids, high schoolers, teenagers, families. It's, it's striking that a lot of people don't realize that. And you're not really in touch with that if you've been there, so, you know, if, if you've not been there, but it's evident, you know, and I was so encouraged that my son's Catholic high school sent a group up there. They do it every year. A lot of schools do that. But, you know, my daughter is a part of the middle school uh, pro-life group. I've not pushed it on them. You know, they're around it, of course, but they're in touch with it now and they're starting to develop their own leadership. My son helped start the group a couple of years ago. Um, it, are you seeing that too, that the youth of America are a big part of this movement? Oh, yeah. And that's one of my greatest joys is seeing the young people, seeing the children and you know, for me, pretty much every year, I'm out there speaking at many events, right, and being in many places, but there are so many great youth events that I am involved in year after year. This year, I spoke at a Lutherans for Life event, and the, in the past, right, I've done big archdiocesan events, and, you know, this is obviously, Jonathan, it's always been a part of the movement, but I think as we are looking at where we are and where we need to head, we know that reaching youth at younger and younger ages and stages is so important to share the message about the humanity of every preborn child and loving women and children well. And so I think right as we talk about the future of the movement, 
that's what we're going to see more is more of youth involvement and youth leading us. Well, and I don't know what the connection is, if you will. I'm sure somebody's looked at this and studied it or whatever, but just in my own experience, I've put together a few ideas of why it seems like the youth are a little bit more involved or they understand it or, or the connection there with the movement. But I have to think at least part of it is, number one, kids always seem to react to babies really well. Like they get excited and, and mom's pregnant or whatever. That you know, There's just some excitement that they seem to have uh, naturally. But also I think there's part of it that they're like, wait a minute. I'm not that old. That was me recently. I was born. My life could have ended. I just think it becomes you know, really simple to them and almost like, you know, it it touches them and they're like, whoa, this is, you know, kind of an important issue. And so I, whatever the case may be, it's a huge part of it. And we continue to see value to that and encouragement. And I guess part of that is over 50 years of a movement since Roe versus Wade was decided, you know, that time is allowed for those things to happen and for us to have a more compassionate approach, particularly with your experience and others, right? To know, it's complicated sometimes for people to be involved in this, but uh, it's necessary and it has value. But the more that we can be considerate to that, so it's not a traumatizing experience. I mean, you mentioned this and we're going to wrap up in a minute, but five days, there you are in this, you know, life intended, you know, life killing solution is, is so it's hard to hear it talked about. But that is what happened. You survived it. And now you get to to continue to be such a blessing to people. But, you know, you have to we all sort of have to think, you know, we did this, if you will, as a country. We, You know, it was allowed to happen. Um, and I think it's necessary for people to take a moment to think about that so we don't do that again. Or we can move in a direction across the country where we say no more. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, this is, again, the balancing act of we have to share the truth in age-appropriate ways. And um, if we don't, right, we're doing an injustice. We're doing an injustice to the preborn. We're doing an injustice to children who already know the truth and uh, they need us to continue to guide them. And so, yeah, this is this is up to us as, as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and teachers and youth group leaders and all these things, right? No matter what somebody's particular role is, we all have the opportunity to pour into not only young people, but our entire communities and families. And, and this is what we do going forward. Now, look, and see, I told you, we might end up going long. I get wrapped up. I'm getting <laughs> all worked up. Uh, look, I mean, I, you, you have so much to share that's so important. Go to her website, melissaoden.com. O-H-D-E-N is how her last name is spelled. You can find more about some of the incredible pro-life work that she's doing. I look forward to seeing you again. We're going to invite you to come out to one of our events. You know, we're doing events all the time. We do a big event in September, in the fall, and other times of the year, but we'll send an invitation out to have you on. I think you do a great job. I think you continue to make an impact. And we're so thankful that you have that continued courage to have your voice heard and, and encourage other people that have gone through what you've gone through to do the same. And so God bless you, Melissa. And thank you for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Jonathan, thank you. And just my last word I want to say, you know, first of all, I am happy to show up anytime. And secondly, I will bring lots of abortion survivors because Texas is one of those states that has some of the largest number of abortion survivors that we're connected with. Yeah, well, we'll look forward to that opportunity and, you know, still work to do on the important pro-life issue. Thank you, Melissa Oden. Great to have you on and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you soon.
Thank you. Well, I probably did not leave a lot of time for some of the wrap-up that I like to do. The majority of our work is on the ground at the Capitol, working with legislatures, legislators, uh, getting involved in court cases, representing people individually in a legislative issue or in a legal issue. And so we're we're directly involved in the process. We're on the front lines. Okay, there's no doubt. Um, you want to go to our website and look at some of the recent histories and victories we've had on the life movement, including in Texas, in Austin. We, I was a part of the legal team that beat the city of Austin when they tried to uh, put an ordinance up that you know was really designed to try to shut pregnancy centers down, pregnancy care centers down. You know, there's over 300 pregnancy centers in the state of Texas, probably just about anywhere you look. Go to texasheartbeatlaw.com or lovethembothtexas.com. There's a, um, a search engine. Put your, your uh, zip code in and you're likely to see there's a pregnancy center really close to where you are. We have to get the resources into women, but we have to make people aware that the resources exist. The help is there. You are not alone because we love them both, the mother and the child. And so I don't know where I am on time. I told a um, member of our time, I, uh, team I'd do a good job of keeping track of it. Uh, so I think I'm just about out of time on this segment of the Texas Values Report. I'm going to be at the Rally for Life, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to be there with my family. It is safe for families. My kids' school is going to be there. Our middle school, Holy Family Catholic school is going to be there. A lot of schools. People are going to come in that morning. Tremendous amount of things to do. Listen, these are just some of the many reasons why you should in invest in us. And if you're at the event, come to 1005 Congress afterwards, our building for a reception that we're going to have. But give a donation today to txvalues.org. This is how together we save lives. And this is how together with our team that works on issues and has supporters all across the state. This is how together we protect faith, family, and freedom in Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.